This is Sandy Floria, and you're listening to She Walks Brave. When I ponder what it looks like to walk brave, I think of women I've met living in small towns or big cities who walk with elderly parents, other able children, toddlers, and teenagers. Some from home, some from outside their homes. Some walk with chronic illness and other unseen wounds. And some of these women walk daily on foreign soil, navigating life in a culture different from their own. I've talked to single women called there by God and living out that call with great courage. Each of them have a valuable story to share on how they bravely live their lives to engage the world around them with the gospel message. Whether married, single, widowed, or divorced, most of them don't feel very brave. They are, and all of them, are my heroes. So glad you've joined me today. I wanted to take a minute to explain a bit what we're doing here, talking about being brave. If I'm honest, I'd have to say I've never felt particularly brave. If you've read the classic allegory, Hind's Feet on High Places, you'll remember the heroine of the story, Much Afraid. She has spent the majority of her life in service to the Good Shepherd in the Valley of Humiliation. She deeply desires to leave the valley and her family, the Fearings, and travel to high places to serve the Good Shepherd there. Her journey is filled with trials and victories, and sorrow and suffering are her constant, unwanted companions. When she finally reaches the heights, she finds herself transformed from much afraid to grace and glory. She also finds her companions transformed. They've become joy and peace. The story of much afraid is similar to mine. I have loved the shepherd for many years and deeply desired to serve him on the high mountains, but fear and anxiety have been constant and unwanted companions. Launching this podcast has been an act of bravery for me. It is a culmination of many years of climbing that mountain and experiencing the transformative power of God's good work in me. So, this is me, Grace and Glory, coming down from the high places like Grace and Glory in Hindsfeet did, to tell my story and the stories of some other extraordinary women on this journey too. Is the work in me done? Hardly. But I believe I'm more there than I've ever been. Thanks for joining us. Before we get into our first interview, I wanted to share a little history about Cindy Woodward and myself. As you listen, you'll hear us talking about experiences and knowing things about each other that friends who've spent years together would only know. And I wanted to share just a few of those things, things that Cindy and I have gone through together in the last 35 plus years of knowing each other and having a deep friendship. We've gone through boyfriends and breakups. We've gone through weddings, babies being born, babies being lost. We've buried parents together. We've both been pastor's wives through the years and experienced some of the loneliness that that part of our life has given us. And now we're starting in the season of seeing our children being married off. And it's a beautiful thing. 
But Cindy talks about a deep sorrow that she experienced that propelled her into launching a new ministry called Stillwater's Conference. And that happened in 2014, the suicide of the pastor of the church that she and her husband, John Eric, were serving in. That led to deep, deep sorrow for many people. And Cindy walked through a dark valley, a valley of the shadow of death, not just for herself, but for many people in their congregation. Cindy has come out on the other side of that valley, transformed into grace and glory herself. And she knows that God wants to use her to encourage and empower women to be strong and to trust that God is truly sovereign and loves them deeply. I hope you'll enjoy this interview as much as I did. Today on She Walks Brave, I'm chatting with my dearest friend in the world, Cindy Woodward, and I'm excited for her to share her story about bravery. Cindy and I have walked through a lot of life together, and some of it has looked messy, some of it has looked beautiful, but it's all been amazing, and we have walked bravely through a lot of deep stuff, haven't we, Cindy? Oh, have we? So uh, welcome to the podcast. And I am so excited that you are my first guest ever on my podcast. (laughs) I'm very, very excited and honored. (laughs) Thank you so much. As we say in our bio, we are talking to women who walk out a brave faith and who live their lives daily in a way that looks brave or that is brave, whether they feel like it or not. So I just, first of all, Cindy, I want to have our listeners know what it is you do. You are beginning a new endeavor, and it's something that you and I have discussed for a lot of years, and you're taking a very brave step, and I want to talk about your new ministry and what that looks like and what that is. Well, I have been a pastor's wife for 30 years. That's a very sometimes challenging and lonely journey. The last several years have made it painfully and abundantly clear that pastors' wives are an often overlooked group of women that their need for being ministered to is just not seen or Mm -hmm. noticed. Mm -hmm. So God has brought that into a sharp vision for me in the last few months and has kind of put a new ministry right in my lap. Well, we are starting a ministry specifically to pastors' wives, and we are calling the ministry Still Waters. Now, many of us will know that Still Waters refers to Psalm 23. Mm -hmm. Tell me how that was illuminated to you, that Psalm 23 just came alive Mm -hmm. to you. What did that look like? Yeah, well, I was praying and praying about the name. Names don't just roll off the tip of my tongue like some people seem to be very gifted at that. Mm -hmm. And I was really praying a lot about it. And God just kept taking me to Psalm 23. And honestly, I thought... That's just so well known. Don't we need to do something a little kitschier, a little bit more, <laughs> you know, a little bit different? And God just kept going, Psalm 23, Psalm 23. So I just spent some time in Psalm 23. I already have it memorized, but, you know, seeing it through a different lens is always so enlightening with the Holy Spirit's guidance. And the verses that really stood out to me were verses two and three, where it says, Now he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Mm. And that is my heart 
in my prayer for the pastor's wives that we get to minister to in the future, that that will be what they experienced with the Lord during their time with us. Mm. And our first retreat, I say our because I get to be part of this amazing team. I'm very (laughs) excited about it. Our first retreat is at the end of March in Ridgecrest, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. We're thrilled about it. We're so excited that God is letting, is giving us to do this. And it's, it's amazing yes. that we get to be part of God's work in that way. This was a brave thing for you to do. I, I've known you for <laughs> 30 years <laughs> or more, a bunch of years. And not that I've ever thought you were a scaredy cat in any sense of the term. That's not at all how I'd ever describe you. But this is a bold move for you. I, I think yes. you got to a really uncomfortable point that yes. you knew that God was just pushing you into this ministry. Well, as I referred to a little earlier, six years ago, our church went through a great crisis time. And I was left really in a state of deep sadness, deep darkness, and kind of a, I don't know, I, my faith was very weakened. I had nowhere to turn. I begged for help. I begged the church. I begged, I mean, I begged everybody that I could think of for help and this didn't get help. We were finally able to go to a ministry called Sunscape and get away for a week and be ministered to. And God began a healing work in my heart. It restored my faith and my the thing that I had lost out of the 30-something things I could have, I did write down that I had lost that year. The thing that was overwhelming was the sense of his presence that I lost. Hmm. It was only through intentional ministry from somewhere outside that helped me to get that back. And so fast forward to um, last summer, my husband and I were able to go to an Evangelical Free Church conference. Uh, that's where our church is from. And I met a young pastor's wife who cried as she was telling me about her experience in their first two years of pastoring a small church um, in the Midwest. He's the only pastor on staff and it's been very divisive situation that they entered into. And she was just in tears. And I thought she has no one to talk to. She has nobody to turn to or to get support from. And it broke my heart. I came home thinking something has to be done. It's just not right. It's just not right for these women, me included, to be suffering and have nowhere to turn to for help. So I got home. And I wrote myself a note to email our district superintendent. And I put it out for, I think, three weeks, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to do it. And God, in his great sovereignty and mercy, allowed my paths to cross with the superintendent. Many years before, when John Eric and I were first married, he was an elder at the church that we were serving in. So I already had a relationship with him. And not close because we lived in two different states by now, but he was the one that I was our district superintendent. And I know I would not have reached out to him if I didn't know him already. So that was just another one of God's working things out beforehand to mm-hmm. put things in place to make this an option. Anyway, I, I emailed him and just titled it, How Can I Help? And I kind of poured my heart out to him. We talked after that, and he is so excited to see this ministry start. He's been waiting for someone to step forward with the passion and some experience like I've had. So we've just sort of been given this ministry to start, and mm-hmm. I could not be more excited about it. I just know God's confounded in so many ways yeah. that this is his direction and his leading. 
Well, I'm so excited to be part of it. I can't wait to jump in and actually get things rolling. We've done a lot of planning and, <laughs> and, and now to actually finally get to meet the ladies that will be at the retreat will be exciting. So exciting. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit because I want to talk about being brave. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, what does brave look like to you? What is, what, when someone says, oh, that's a brave person, or I think you're brave, what kind of images does that bring up in your mind? What I always think of when I hear the word brave or courageous is that action that someone is taking when they are afraid, and they're doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's always what I think of. I just always think about that being a part of, or being what brave is, is to really follow in obedience. I think of a soldier, you know. They're called to action, and you know they're afraid, but they're doing it anyway. They're moving forward in obedience to their commanding officers mm-hmm. in spite of the fear, and that's what bravery is to me. Mm. How do you walk brave on a daily basis? Well, sometimes just getting up. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I mean, there have been days just to get up and do the laundry and provide meals for my family has been a brave action on my part, mm. and that's really being honest. Um, um, thankfully, I'm not there now. I mean, I even think of the past week and having difficult conversations that I was so afraid to have that I was weak and dizzy, lightheaded and nauseated. Mm-hmm. But I, I still had to do it. I had to do it because I knew it was what God was directing me to do. And I did not really have a choice. I mean, I did, but that to me is brave. And then to step out in this totally unknown area of ministry that we're doing, this area of ministry just really doesn't exist much at all. Mm-hmm. There's not really a good pattern to follow or nobody to talk to that's been doing this. There's just not that much that I've been able to find. And if they are out there, they're probably obscure like we are right now. But, you know, it's a big unknown. But we're doing it because we feel God's call on it and since his leading and provision so far. But it's it's a scary thing. Even though it's exciting, it's it's really a scary thing to move forward with everything you've got without an assurance of success. That's the big issue right there. That's the big thing Mm -hmm. from a world standpoint, you know, from the outside looking into this saying, well, you know, there's no reward for you. There's no success measurer, you know, in this endeavor for you. How do you measure success? Well, maybe there isn't a tangible way to measure success other than knowing that you're walking in obedience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've even closing down my my business that I've been doing for several years so that I can focus on this without any income right now coming in. Mm-hmm. My husband's got a just fine income, but I mean, for me to bring in extra money is always helpful. And, and I've just closed the door on that for my past business. So that's another part that could cause a little anxiety. Yeah, It's being brave to do it anyway, <laughs> to just do it anyway. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's what it is to me. One last question that I want to ask you, and we can talk about this for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. So we talked before about now you are deciding to be more intentional with your time since you're not working your business anymore and you have time available to you to meet with other people. What is that going to look like in ministry for you? You want to mentor other women. You want to sit with other women in there, hear their stories and... and Mm walk with them, encouraging them to be brave. What are the things that you're going to pour into them that will build that kind of bravery in other women? Mm. Well, I see other pastor's wives locally who have different struggles that I probably have experienced just because I've been doing it a little longer than they have. 
meeting with them, praying with them, and listening to them, having them have a safe place to to share their hearts and their discouragements and then to point them to Jesus. And that looks different in every situation, but not to focus on the circumstances or the waves or the fire, Mm. to focus on the one who's with us, the one who's the strength in us and the joy in us to find the ways to be grateful. I mean, there's so many things that God has taught me through some of my dark times that I want to help others experience as well. Mm. And maybe not quite so long as it took me in some of those times to to get there. Don't you find that in all of that, you look back and you think, wow, if I had not walked through that, if I had not Mm. lived through that uh, trauma, through that incredible difficulty, I would not be able to turn mm-hmm. around and take the hand of the next gal and mm-hmm. bring her up to this level. Think about it a lot. Yeah. 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 I just think about how we were talking about this earlier before we started recording our conversation about the things that we've been focusing on when we've been meeting together as a team and how we've been talking about, without realizing it, being grateful and how we've been mm-hmm. expressing gratefulness to God for all the circumstances that we've been finding ourselves in. And I think... Mm-hmm. That is such a key component of our walk with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Having that grateful heart, being able to express that grateful heart, and knowing that that is in turn lifting our spirits, lifting our eyes to the Lord. Mm -hmm. He's magnified and he's lifted up. And Mm -hmm. those around us are drawn into that. Yes. It's contagious. It's contagious. It pours Mm -hmm. out a level of encouragement and courage building in other people Mm -hmm. when they begin to see, wow, this person has been through a very difficult situation, but they're walking in gratefulness. Mm -hmm. That encourages me to do the same. And I think it's so sweet of the Lord. He is so good that he can turn our praise into joy in us. How great is he to do that? Mm -hmm. When we praise him and thank him, it changes our attitude. It changes my mindset and my my heart, my my joy level goes up. And sometimes it's a lot. Sometimes it's not a lot, but it always goes up. It doesn't go down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just think, what an amazing God that he cares so much that when we follow him in obedience, our joy goes up. <laughs> it's just an amazing thing. And I wish I could remember that more often, right. you know, those times that are more challenging. But, you know, we, I was talking with the group of ladies last week about the lag time between the circumstance and then the praising or the thankfulness in that situation, the lag time gets shorter and shorter as I get older. And as I've experienced those trials, mm-hmm. the lag time between the trial and my heart turning towards him is shorter. Mm. It wouldn't be shorter if I hadn't learned that through many trials and through the Holy Spirit working in me. Mm-hmm. It's not me just doing better. It's a work of God in my heart. And I'm so grateful. He redeemed and nothing is wasted. Well, I am grateful too. I'm grateful that that God has knitted our hearts together in such a way that I can benefit from your your joy so often. Uh, And you cried some of my tears too, I know. Well, it's it's kind of been mutual, I know, on many occasions. It always lessens the sorrow when you have that extra person there with you that you know is tender toward your heart and and can join in that. And it always multiplies the joy when you have someone to share it with as well. Cindy, I'm excited about what God is doing 
and will continue to do as we learn more about his plan for this ministry. For your part in it. <laughs> well, I am honored and thrilled to be part of it. You know that we've prayed for a lot of years that God would give us something to do together that would be ministry. And, and this this is such a joy to be part of that. And, and I want to thank you for your example of bravery that I've seen in you over the years, knowing that it hasn't always been easy. In fact, probably it's been more times difficult than easy. I would agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) But I've seen you grow. I've watched you grow in grace and, and bravery over the years, and it has encouraged me. So I just want to thank you for that. And I'm grateful to God for our friendship and Mm. for ministry opportunities that we'll get to do in the future. Thank you for joining me on She Walks Brave. Thank you. Love you. Love you too. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to share a story of how you walk brave, or how this podcast has inspired you to walk brave, or if you know of a woman who's walking brave in what she does every day, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me, sandy at shewalksbrave.com. S-A-N-D-I at shewalksbrave.com. Stay up to date on our podcast, go to SheWalksBrave.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at SheWalksBrave. I'm Sandy Floria, and this is She Walks Brave. Brave.